Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Well, howdy there, everyone. It's Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Mike Kapler is with me. Hey, uh, Cap, last week we celebrated kind of a uh, pretty exciting milestone on our program. It was our 300th program, Growing in Grace podcast number 300. And when we got started with this program over six years ago, I never would have thought it would have been carried out this far. I just never would have imagined it. But uh, I think God has a, a good purpose for us doing this. Uh, you and I love it. You know, we love we love talking about the gospel. We love talking about it amongst ourselves, and we love sharing it with other people and just kind of helping people as they grow in grace. And uh, one thing that I think that, that we do here, I think for some people we're sharing some new things that they've never, ever heard of before. And I think for a lot of people as well, we're, we're simply confirming what they already know. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, you know this. You know some of these things. In your heart of hearts, you know that this is true. And I think the thing, as you listen in, you're thinking, yes. Yes, that's I, I believe that. I just didn't know how to put it into words or, or something like that. And so a lot of this thing, a lot of these things, I think, are just confirming the truth that you already know. You've seen it in the Bible, but you just haven't heard it taught before. And you hear the exact opposite taught in, in many cases. And so it's good to um, talk these things over and uh, to encourage one another in, in the truth of our new identity in Christ and uh, the, the pure gospel of God's grace. Yeah, 300 podcasts celebrating that last week. And Joel, what a celebration it was. I still have a headache. It was such a celebration. <laughs> I'm still tired. I never, I never really understood that. You know, people say, oh, man, we had a great time last night at the party. Oh, man, I just feel terrible today. And, uh, is it really that good? It's like a spiritual hangover. You know, you go to church sometimes, and, you, and you, they call it a celebration at church, and then you walk out feeling worse than when you, when you walk exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, no no hangovers here on our on our gospel celebrations. All right, no revival services, none of that stuff. Uh, but walking in day in and day out, feeling as good as you ever have because you understand who you are in Christ. That's what uh, that's what this celebration is all about. Exactly, and, and and you know we've been talking about some game changers, Cap. We've been we've been talking about things that you and I have been through, thoughts that have occurred in, in us, or things that we've heard taught or preached, and and or Bible verses that we've come across that just totally change things when we re when we realize the truth of it. And so we're going to continue on talking about some of those things. And one thing is that the, the whole idea, one thing that changed my thinking, um, going from what you were just saying, is that when we go to church or when we hear a message preached that has to do with Christ, it is meant to lift us up. <laughs> it's meant to build us up. I lived a lot of my Christian life thinking that I was supposed to hear sermons that were supposed to get me to go and do things for Christ. I was supposed to get out there 
and do all these wonderful things for Christ. And when I realized that it's not about me, you know, that one verse in Acts where it says, as if God needed anything, neither is God served by human hands as if he needed anything. It's not that God needs me. It's that God loves me and he has made me his child. And I get the joy, the honor, the privilege of getting to know him and getting to see how he is at work in my life. I can rest in the the sufficient finished work of Jesus Christ knowing that God is in union with me. God is in me. I am in him. I'm not trying to make that happen. But he's already made that happen. And now I get this this daily, I get to wake up in the morning and realize that I have all that I need. God has already supplied us with everything that we need for life and godliness. And we get to walk in this, not try to earn it or attain it anymore. That has really changed things for me. All right. So I I know you said a mouthful there. Can you summarize (laughs) it in one headline? So if I were to walk away with what you just said... What was the game changer for you in, in, in a sentence? It is God who is at work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Oh, brother. I think that would I'm sum supposed it up to memorize. for me. It's going to take me three hours just to memorize that. <laughs> you no, asked for kidding. one sentence, you got it. I, I wanted you to make it sound like it wasn't a Bible verse. Oh, <laughs> that's right, because we don't do religion around no, I'm here. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm joking around. All right, so... For those and we who never don't know do us that. Very well. We never do that on this program. <laughs> All right, game changer. One of the game changers for me, Joel, was coming to the realization that not everything that Jesus said was meant for us, you and me and whoever mm-hmm. is listening, was not meant for us personally. Not everything Jesus said was meant for us personally, starting with the Sermon on the Mount, which for many years I thought was a new covenant teaching a new revolutionary teaching of some sort by Jesus on how we were to um, perform and, and act under this new covenant. We came to the realization through grace, and this was so huge for me because it changed the way I read the entire Bible. What Jesus was doing there, of course, was teaching the law in a way that the Jews had never heard it before, and he was just trying to bring people to the end of themselves. And, and most of what he said during that sermon Uh, people we're not going to be able to live up to, and of course Jesus knew that. Something that goes along with that for me, something that helped me to see that, because really, if I'm a listener listening to you say that not all of Jesus' words are for me, that the Sermon on the Mount isn't for me, and I had never heard that before or understood it before, I might just call you a heretic. I might just turn this podcast off right now, but listen, because... I came to that same conclusion, but it was through, I was reading Paul's words one day, I was reading in Romans 3, and it something that Paul said, and it was one of the, it, this is, man, this is probably one of the big ones for me that changed everything around when I was learning about grace and and my identity in Christ and, and about the law and all these things. Paul said, now we know in Romans 3.19, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. Whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. For one, I'm a Gentile. <laughs> I was never... The law was part of a covenant that was given to the Jews exclusively. So the law was never even given to me in the first place. But anyway, whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. 
If you look elsewhere in Paul's words, he says that the Jews had to die to the law. And if and if you're a Gentile and you've ever put yourself under the law, you got to die to the law too, <laughs> because you're not meant to be under it. The, the law's purpose was that every mouth may be stopped, it says in Romans 3.19, and that the whole world be, may become guilty before God. So if you get anything out of that, the law's purpose was to stop mouths and to make all the world guilty before God. And so if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, if you read what Jesus was saying there, a lot of what he said was to Jews who were under the law, and it stopped their mouths. <laughs> if they thought that they were good law keepers, if they thought that they had been good at following what God had told them to do, Jesus kind of upped the ante, so to speak, and he worded it in such a way that made it impossible for them to keep. I think the purpose of that was to stop their mouths, to, to let them understand and realize that through the law, they're guilty. And uh, instead, in the long run, they would hopefully turn to Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Again, the law is not the way, the truth, and the life. So anyway, that changed things for me, uh, going along with what you were saying about that Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, Jesus upped the ante, and the world cried uncle. <laughs> ante and All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But in a, in a related story, as they say on the newscast, in a related story, if I can just uh, continue with this thought for a second here, Joel, People get confused because of the way our, our Bible is divided up here on the pages where it says, you know, the New Testament, Jesus was still a, a prophet under the Old Covenant. And one thing that, that sticks out to me about this is that, see, the New Covenant didn't really begin until after the death of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 9, now get this, and here's what Hebrews 9, 16, and 17 says, for where there is a testament... There must also, of necessity, be the death of a testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So, see, Jesus, until he died, the new covenant could not be ratified. And so that's important to understand as we read through the, the life of Jesus. And that was a game changer for me, Joel, when I began to realize that some of what Jesus was talking about was directly meant for those Jews back then who were under the law. Yeah, that's that's a, such a key thing, to just to understand that there was an old covenant indeed, and it had its purpose, and it was, to, it was for the Jews exclusively. The new covenant isn't the old covenant part two. It's not a continuation of the old covenant, but it's something that's brand new. And indeed, just because men have set the Bible up in a certain way, and called it a certain thing, calling Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the Gospels, and including them in the New Testament, a lot of what happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was indeed Old Covenant stuff. You know, a lot of people say, well, Jesus said it, and so it applies to Christians. But again, you got to look at the purpose of all of these things. You got to understand the Old Covenant. You got to understand why Jesus came to the Jews first and all these things. You know, like you said, I think in the last program, we're not going to get deeply involved in these issues, but it's important to understand these things so that we don't get confused. Because if you read a lot of what Jesus said to the Jews who were under the law, and then you see a lot of what Paul said in his clear explanations of the gospel, you can get confused. You get a little bit messed up because, well, I don't get it. Why did Jesus say this, but Paul is over here saying this? It's not that Jesus and Paul are differing from each other. It's just that Jesus was speaking under one covenant, and Paul was speaking under a different covenant. So that hopefully clears things up for a lot of people.
Yeah, and the best example of that is when Jesus told the Jews at that Sermon on the Mount, he said, hey, if you want to be forgiven by God, you're going to have to forgive others. If you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. That was pre-cross. That mm -hmm. was before Jesus went to the cross. Then under the new covenant, as Paul looked back at the cross and the finished work of Christ, he said, because you are now forgiven, something that's already done, you are now forgiven by God, it's already happened, now you can forgive others. Forgive others because you're forgiven, not to get forgiven. That's just one example to try and clear up some of that confusion like what you were trying to do, Joel. Yeah, and so as we you know wrap up for this one, there, there are so many more things that uh, we can probably get to, but I just want to kind of leave us with uh, this thing from um, from the Living Bible. This is Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 7 says, Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. You know, let your roots grow down into Jesus Christ. The New King James Version says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We received him by faith. Let's walk in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. It's a grace walk. It's a walk of grace and faith and joy and abundant life and abundant living. In the weeks to come, we'll share some more things that have made all the difference in us as we've become rooted and built up in Him in our own lives. Thanks for joining us here again. Be back with us again for more on next week's Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.